you're getting ready to leave the barn for a trail ride with your friends. Your horse won't get in the trailer. The harder you try to coax him in, the more he plants his feet and says, no thank you. Now you're going to be late. The picnic lunch and the mayo on the sandwich are spoiling. The ice in the cooler is melting and the beer is getting warm. And your friends are thinking you might have gotten lost. You're wondering, why won't he get in? What's going through his mind scaring him about getting in the trailer? Or are you just frustrated and angry that he won't, and that's making things worse, and he, he's gotten in that trailer a dozen times before? I'm being nice with my words here because that's not what's going through your mind after kicking the treadmill and breaking your toe. Have you wondered what it would be like to see the world through your horse's eyes? Understand their language? Feel a strong and close relationship with your horse? You instinctively know why he doesn't want to get in the trailer and how to reassure him it's safe. It would be amazing to be able to have your horse think it's his idea to get in the trailer and something he wants to do, wouldn't it? Did you ever see the movie The Horse Whisperer thinking the horse did exactly what he wanted and he never said a word? How did he do that? What you thought was horse whispering was simply a bond with the horse based on mutual trust, respect, and communication. Hi, welcome to Horse Sense 101. I'm your host, Joe Jones, Vail, Oregon's resident redneck and owner of Joe Jones Performance Horses. Horse Sense 101 is a podcast dedicated to helping you have the meaningful relationship with your horse and for them to be a willing partner in all of your adventures. I've ridden horses since I could walk and have many years experience teaching horses with the principles of natural horsemanship. And I'm a student of some of the top trainers in the business. I started this podcast because my wife, who believes I am the horse whisperer, told me to. Now, seriously, I wanted it because I found myself on the internet answering horse-related questions on random sites and posts and thought this might be a great opportunity for me to give back and help you, the listener, learn how to communicate with your horse. Now, I'm not going to teach you techniques. Sharing the concept and principles of natural horsemanship, my experiences, and those of my future guests who are professionals in the field, you might learn how to horse thinks, see the world through their eyes, and become a close partner with your trusty steed. I try to speak to horses in a language they can understand, and I hope you'll learn to speak their language too. Now, I'm open to any question. They're all important. And if you don't know what to do, what you're seeing, or even what might be wrong with your horse, I'll at least try to help you understand what they are thinking and telling you. Now, please invite your horsey friends to join me on Horse Sense 101 every Monday morning. In addition, come join my Facebook group, also known as Horse Sense 101, and have your most pressing questions answered there as soon as possible. Well, a little bit about me and why uh, you might want to listen to me is I've had horses and ridden horses since, well, since about the time I could walk. Um, I've had about every wreck and about done about every dumb thing you could possibly do with the horse and um, believe I've learned a few things here and there. Uh, my background is I, I grew up as a little kid on a ranch in Montana. Uh, my dad was a ranch manager and uh, I was basically free labor. Um, I learned to ride horses and move cows and feed cows 
and all the things that a ranch kid could possibly uh, get to do, I got to do. And it was a, a phenomenal childhood. I, I just uh, think it taught me so many lessons about life and about uh, the importance of taking care of animals and, and the things that they could teach us. Um, I've uh, had a great, uh, a great time in my, my younger days, um, in my 20s and 30s, uh, showing cutting horses at the national level. I've uh, won a fair amount of money in NCHA earnings and uh, was blessed to have some really nice horses to show. Um, but through all of that, uh, I didn't really begin to understand this thing called horsemanship until I got a little more older and a little more brittle. And I started to wonder, um, what am I going to do when uh, I don't have these high-powered horses that have already been trained to, to work with? And uh, it became apparent that uh, there was a big gap in my knowledge. So I went searching. Um, I searched out uh, natural horsemanship and have read many books and worked with uh, many phenomenal trainers that have taught me wonderful lessons. And so I believe that uh, through my experiences and, and through uh, relationships with uh, people who are far, far more advanced than I am uh, that have taught me, um, maybe we can work together and figure out this thing called horsemanship and just do it in, a, in an old-fashioned, down-to-earth uh, way of looking at things. Now today, um, this is our first episode, uh, and I just kind of thought it might be useful to just go back to basics. Uh, you know, what, what is it that, uh, that we all want? What do we want to do? Um, and that's to have this this relationship with our horse. Um, we're working on a on a book, you and your heart horse, right now, and there are some some topics in there that uh, make us understand how wonderful horses can be, and how important they can be, and how how much they enrich our lives. Um, so, in order to get to most of that relationship, um, to get the most out of that relationship, I think I think maybe a a delve into the basics of horsemanship uh, and understanding our horse and meeting our horse from from who they are and where they are so let's let's begin this but understand a horse is a horse um, they think like a horse they act like a horse they react like a horse they're not human they're not a dog um, they're a horse um, and what does that mean or what's important about that? Well, at the basic level of biology, a horse is a prey animal. Um, the one thing that I know horses know more than anything else is that they're food and they taste good, and, but they don't want to be eaten. And their job is to survive. Um, and we humans, we're the top of the food chain. Now horses, being horses, have three driving factors. That means there's, there's three things that all horses are, are desiring. Um, they want one, comfort. Um, that's food, water, and rest. Uh, you know, understand in a natural state, horses will graze about 17 hours a day. And the other seven hours of the day, they'll just kind of lounge around and groom on each other and just enjoy each other's company and sleep. So having said that, 
understand that being ridden and doing groundwork isn't their first choice of activity. Um, now, that doesn't mean they won't enjoy it uh, and that they don't find pleasure in it, but do understand left to their own devices, they won't go to the barn and put a saddle on and come to the house and find us and say, hey, we wanna go for a ride. Um, the second thing that all horses want, and that's companionship. Remember from biology, they are a herd animal. They find comfort in being with other horses. Um, just a personal opinion, I think it's really difficult for a horse to be in a pen by itself without uh, the ability to at least see or communicate or rub on other horses. I think horses are happiest when they are in a herd environment. Now, in many, in, in many instances, that's just not practical. And, and I understand that. I have horses in pens by themselves too for their safety and, and just so that it's convenient for me. But I know that my horses that are the happiest are the ones that are turned out in the pasture and they have, they have their buddies with them and they can rub on each other and groom each other and scratch each other and play and eat together and, and feel, uh, feel safe together. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's just where, what, one of the things that horses have to have. They, they want companionship. Now, the good news here is that as humans, um, though we are the top of the food chain and we're a predator, we are, the, the entry into their herd is possible for us. Um, and that's, that's really cool news because, um, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a separation between, you know, from the biology, horses and people. Uh, but uh, God has seen fit to make horses able to trust us and have us be part of their herd. Now, in order to accomplish that, there's some things that some responsibilities that we have to have. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But the uh, the third thing that all horses need is security. Now, understand, again, that they are a prey animal, meaning that they rely on a couple of things in order to be safe. Um, they rely on their hearing. They rely on safety in numbers. They have keen eyesight. Um, and they have the ability to run really fast. And so they have the the ability to use flight to elude predators. And if trapped, um, they do have sharp, hard hooves and, and real strong jaws, and they can fight. Um, so understand from a bio biology level that they are a prey animal, and if they see us as a predator um, or as a threat, they have the obligation to their survival to use fight or flight to protect themselves. Um, and, and also this security, uh, in that security is the, uh, the, the strength in numbers. Um, they are very sensitive to one another. Um, an interesting thing that I learned a few days ago was that a horse can, can sense the heartbeat of a human being four feet away their 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 hearing is that that uh that keen and that a herd of horses if they're together in any, for any length of time 
their heartbeat will synchronize all the horses in the herd their heartbeat will they will start beating at the same rate at the same time and the amazing thing with that is is that if one horse is startled and sees a predator and is alerted the rest of the herd um, feels that immediately um, and as a herd they can escape a predator very very quickly because they're they're just it's like they're all almost like they have the same mind um, and another thing that I really hadn't thought about, but it made sense because of that, because they can sense our heartbeat, horses know when we're scared. They can sense our heartbeat. It's not a sixth sense. It, they truly know if we are nervous, if we're scared and our heart rate goes up, they know it. Um, and that's, I found some really useful information. Um, I'll, I'll let uh, I'll just let that soak in for a little bit um, and, and another thing I just want to touch on um, another defense mechanism horses have and, and that is they have the ability uh, God's given them the ability to shut down in the event they're trapped and a predator's got them they they will emotionally mentally and biologically shut down and and, ex and, and accept death um, in, a con in a response to control pain. Um, we see this as learned helplessness. And, and we'll talk about that uh, in future episodes. But one of the things that, that we need to be aware of with horses is, is that we don't, we don't trigger that learned helplessness. Um, and another underlying factor with these three, um, I think is important to mention, is hormones. Um, if you're dealing with a mare... Um, and she's a little bit crabby or just a little bit irritable um, or a little uncomfortable. Maybe she just doesn't feel good. It may be that she's coming into heat or in heat or going out of heat. And we need to be sensitive to that. And if you're dealing with a stallion um, or even at times a gelding, understand boys will be boys. Um, in, if, you're, if you're with a stallion and there's a mare close by in heat, He's not going to be that concerned about you. Um, his, one of his primary uh, responsibilities in, in biology is to reproduce. And, and that's a very strong, uh, a very strong instinct within horses. So be mindful of that. A stallion can be very, very dangerous uh, and they can react very quickly. I, I've had stallions bite me and... I certainly didn't see it coming and I, I was not able to to defend myself and <clears throat> it's only through the grace of God that I lived through it. So understand that horses are horses and, and that they that that hormones are are definitely an important underlying factor to be aware of. Now, what do we do with this information? Well, um, one of the things is is that um, at the beginning level or at the basic level, our task as humans is while horses understand we're a predator um, and it, they instinctively know that we're, the, we're predators, um, we need to convince them that we can be trusted and that we're not going to hurt them and that they can accept us into their herd and, and not see us as a predator. Now that takes some time. Uh, for for a, for a young horse or you know, for example a Mustang um, 
when they come in from a feral horse is captured and they're brought in and they've never seen a human being they're not very trusting right away um, it takes a great deal more effort to convince a mustang that we're not a dangerous predator uh, than it does a, a, a foal that was handled as a human and imprinted handled by a human and imprinted as a foal in the first few minutes of life um, that that horse is going to be a lot easier to convince that we're a safe uh, companion than than a Mustang that's two years old that's never seen a person. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. Uh, so understand that we're a predator, they're prey animals, and that they have a right to survive, and that we need to make sure we conduct ourselves in a way um, as to minimize our perception as being them perceiving us I would rather say, as a predator. And so how do we do that? Well, one of the things that we have in our favor is this little body chemical that's produced called dopamine. And what that is, is, is that when a horse uh, sees comfort much the same as we do, their body will release this, this chemical called dopamine into their system. <clears throat> and it will be... We can perceive when a horse gets that, they will lick their lips and take a deep sigh. And so if we can attune ourselves to, to watching that, uh, those reactions, we can see when a horse relaxes and when a horse is, has accepted a situation or when they haven't. And what we want to do is use um, a stimulus and a release of stimulus or removal of stimulus to create dopamine being released in their in their brain. And if we can do that, we can use that chemical to our advantage and use it as a reward mechanism, much the same as you would use a treat with a dog if you're gonna teach a dog how to lie down. Um, so when we address ourselves to the horse or when we walk into an area where our horse is going to meet us for the very first time, um, we don't want to approach that horse the same way a predator would. Now, imagine if uh, we had a horse and, a, and a, a cougar was about to go get it and was going to approach it. That cougar would, would directly approach very, very slowly and try and sneak up on that horse and maintain direct eye contact with that horse. And predators do that. They watch the horse's eye because that's the way they can determine which direction, if flight happens, which direction the animal is going to go. They watch the horse's eye because a horse will look and, and all prey animals will look in the direction to which they intend to flee. So if you maintain direct eye contact with your horse and walk directly towards its head, you are presenting yourself as a cougar. Um, I think it makes a lot more sense to understand that and not approach the way a cougar does, but approach a horse away they, the same way they approach each other. And one thing that you can do is if you, especially if you have more than one horse, is you know watch how they approach each other. Um, it's really interesting to see if you turn a new horse out with a group to watch how that 
how they um, introduce each other the first time they meet. Um, it's 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 ab absolutely fascinating um, how they talk to each other, how they investigate each other. Um, but the thing you will notice is is that they don't just run at each other and unless unless there's going to be a fight, if if they're trying to get along, they will approach each other from the side. They won't they won't go headlong at each other. They will go at each other and approach each other from an angle, and they will they will approach each other with their head down, with their eyes down, and and not making direct eye contact. But they will be using all their other senses to determine what's going on. So we can take a page from that. So when we approach our horse for the first time, um, I've seen some people walk in, you know, with their eyes lowered. I mean, obviously keeping an eye, you know, where the horse is at, not not oblivious or looking away from the horse. Certainly you want to be able to see where your horse is at. Um, but use a, use your peripheral vision when you do that, and you'll find your horse is going to be less threatened by your approach. <clears throat> and if you go at an angle, um, that also will be calming to your horse. Um, one thing that I do when I approach a horse for the first time is I will even turn my my back uh, and my present my shoulder to the horse. And not not show my uh, my face, but show my back and back up to the horse, while still keeping a peripheral eye on where the horse is at. But that way, and and another thing is keeping my arms directly down to my side. I don't reach for a horse when I first walk up to it. Um, I would like to create some curiosity in my horse. So when I go into the pen. I will keep my eyes lowered and I will take a non-threatening posture and I will move around slowly but not sneaky, um, if that makes sense. And I will try and, and create some curiosity with that horse. And almost always when I walk into a pen with a horse for the first time, um, in very short order, they will walk up to me and stick their nose out and they will sniff my shoulder, they will sniff my clothing just to see what I am. And that curiosity is the thing that tells me that, okay, once they lick their lips after they do that, they are not going to just assume I'm a predator and flee. Now, they might not let me just put a halter on them after that, but I know at that point that I can use what's called approach and retreat, meaning I will walk towards the horse and I will, I will get the horse to maybe move just a bit. And as soon as they look at me, I will step away and I will release that pressure and wait for them to lick their lips. And that lick, lip licking or that release of dopamine that follows that is my training tool and I can train that horse to come up to me just by approach and retreat and waiting for the release of dopamine uh, and, and that will train that horse to be the, the foundations of actually being caught. Now there's many many different ways to do that uh, and I think if, as long as we just keep the principle in mind 
However you do that, um, just understand, approach your horse in a way that he doesn't see you as a predator. And wait for him to tell you he wants to come see you rather than forcing him to come see you. Um, influence the soul instead of and, and influence the mind instead of forcing the body. Um, the alternative to this is just to bring them in a round pen and rope them and drag them and choke them, choke them down. And when they come to, they'll have a halter on. Um, you know, and, and there's plenty of horses that are are caught that way and that are trained that way. Um, but I'm not convinced that's, well, I'm convinced that's not how I want to have the relationship. And, and I'm not um, making fun of that and I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying that's an, that is a traditional method of horsemanship. Um, and I am more interested in a non-traditional method of horsemanship. Meaning instead of forcing the body, I want to influence the mind and influence the soul in an, in an effort to get the horse's body to follow that. Meaning whatever I do with the horse, I want it to be the horse's idea. I want them to be okay with it. I want them to have a vote in how things go. Um, so one of the keys to all of this is you have to be observant. You have to, you have to really watch what's going on and understand what it is you want and then reward the tiniest, teeniest, smallest try when you see it in your horse. Now, if we can do that, if we can, as the quote goes, ask much, ask often, and reward the smallest try. If we do that with our horse, um, we are going to be we are going to be successful. As long as we're clear, we can ask we can ask amazing things of horses, things that people would think, well, there's no way a horse can do that. Well. A horse will do anything you can imagine it could do if you ask it and reward the smallest try and build on that. I've seen people do amazing things with horses, um, things at liberty, things while they're riding. Uh, and, and they do that and they get those amazing things done with this type of a, of a training method, um, asking and rewarding the try. Um, the next thing I'd like to cover today is after we get our horse caught, um, you know, if it's a new horse, and I'm, I'm making this assumption that this is a new horse, um, I am a big believer in groundwork. Now, I am not a big believer in groundwork just to do groundwork. And, and I want to be really, really clear with this. Groundwork is not for me the end groundwork is is something that i do much the same as a foundation it is the foundation for everything else i want to do with my horse um, if i want to have a horse that i can ride my groundwork is going to be the foundation of a horse that i'm going to ride if my my horse is going to be a halter horse that's never going to be ridden but it's only going to be led well, my groundwork is going to be 
geared towards preparing that horse for his career as as a show horse at halter if my horse is going to be a buggy horse my groundwork is going to prepare that horse to be a successful uh, horse pulling a buggy or pulling a draft horse pulling logs or whatever task that horse is ultimately going to be used for that is what your groundwork is for is to prepare that horse to lay a foundation upon which everything else is to be built. Now, having said that, um, for my riding horses, my groundwork, everything I do in my groundwork, directly correlates to what I will do in a saddle. I won't pull on a horse's face on the ground differently than I'm going to pull when I get on their back. I am going to use clear means of communication on the ground and as close as I can, I want to simulate the situation so that when I get on the horse's back, there is a smooth and clear transition from my groundwork to my saddle work. So when I ask my horse to move left, I will pull and release the pressure as soon as the horse moves their feet. Um, everything I do on the ground, um, if I use a, a, a stick or a, or a bag with a, a whip with a bag on it to create movement, I'm not using that bag to scare the horse. I'm using that bag to simulate my arm, my hand, my leg. Um, and so I'm going to touch the horse or I'm going to motivate the horse with that as though it were my leg or my hand. Um, and I believe if you design your groundwork program with those things in mind, it doesn't matter how you do it. As long as your principles are in line with your goals, you can use any color of stick, any type of trash bag. You can use a rope. You can use a, a willow. You can use anything you want to use as long as it simulates what you're going to do when you get on the horse's back. And so the good news is, is now all of a sudden we don't have to buy DVDs and we don't have to buy the right color carrot stick with the, uh, the, the pr proper savvy string on it. And we don't have to have the, the special $75 halter um, so that our, that's the only thing our horse will listen to. Um, it frees us up to be the designer of our horse's training program and have that program be our program. It, you know, there, there's, there's no point in you using my method um, because you're the one training the horse. It needs to be your method. Um, I, I, I learned this hard lesson, you know, I, I bought the DVDs and, and I tried to do the things that I saw the TV cowboys do and, and, and some things worked and, and a lot of things didn't work. And I'm 100% convinced that the things that didn't work didn't work because I didn't do them right. Um, and so it wasn't until I started thinking about this in a different manner that I wasn't going to try and copy other people's methods. I was going to learn why they did what they did. What's behind uh, why they, they hold their hand here or why they put their leg there. 
why did they do that? Because I, if I figured out, and as soon as I figured out the why, then I could do my own how. Um, I could use it in a way that suited what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And that way I could be more consistent and more clear. And my horses began to, to get better and they began to appreciate that more. <clears throat> so my advice to, to all, all, all horsemen, all people with horses, is to think about your groundwork. Yes, do groundwork. Um, but ask yourself, is doing an hour of mindless lunging in a circle going to make your horse more responsive to the tasks you intend for them in the future? If so, by all means, more lunging. If not, rethink your groundwork and what you're ultimately wanting that horse to accomplish. And then design your groundwork to fit with what you're going to ultimately do with your horse. I want to <clears throat> thank you very much for taking this journey with me today. And I hope I've at least touched on one thing that helps you uh, and your horse to understand each other a little better. And we have some really exciting guests for the near future. Um, we have Wade, the Professor Black from Road to the Horse, the reigning world champion of Colt starting, uh, is going to join us, as well as fellow competitor Ken McNabb from the popular uh, Cowboy Channel program, Discovering the Horseman Within, as well as several other of the Road to the Horse 2021 contestants have agreed to join us and, and give us their insights on developing our developing our horses so we get to get some insights from the very best in the world here on horse sense 101 i'm i'm just so so excited about that um, we'll also have interviews with many other uh, equine professionals um, we're going to cover topics like dentistry equine nutrition chiropractic and body balance hoof care horse selection, and many other interesting topics. So we can look forward to that. Um, every Monday morning, we're going to have a new episode. We'll have something fun and exciting. And in the meantime, I would invite all of you to join our Facebook uh, group page, Horse Sense 101. Um, also, follow me on Instagram at Joe underscore Horse Sense 101. And God bless you all and, and have a wonderful rest of your day.